Amen. By way of announcement this morning, two things. Uh, Besher's Fellowship is getting ready to have our seniors luncheon in two weeks. And if you haven't signed up yet, do that today on your communication card, your connection card. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and pull those out through the purple cards in front of you. If you'll put your name on those and any prayer requests and information that you might have. And then we'll turn those in as you at each of the exits this morning. So I hope you'll be a part of that. Also want to mention to you the Samaritan shoe boxes that we do for Christmas throughout in the foyer. And um, you can have as many as you want. And inside are the directions. What we would like to ask you to do is when you get ready to do the uh, postage part, it's $9 is the suggested donation. If you would make it out to the church, Pickens View Wesleyan, you can either put it in an envelope, cash or a check, and just put on their shoe boxes. You don't have to put the money in here. It's just easier for us to write one check than it is to go through every box. Some of you tape them shut, and then we have to tear them all open and see if there's money in all of them. And so you can just turn that in the next uh, month. Uh, all the shoe boxes are due back on, on November 15th. I do want to ask you, I had Sherry send it on the prayer list, and I didn't get to get to Pastor Sherry this morning to remind her, but I want to ask you to keep praying for our missionaries, and I want to keep them before you. And as we know, the Stanleys have arrived back in Haiti. I did see that they're having, looked like every appliance they owned is on the fritz, and that's a big expense. And uh, so remember them. But also the Van Steenberg sent a message. It's pretty crucial in the next coming week. Uh, he is trying to get back to Panama so he can get the house ready and the rest of the family can come in January. And the prayer request will go out again this week on the email. You can read the details. But something about rapid response testing, and it all needs to happen uh, pretty uh, much in a sequence so he can get on an airplane and get back to Panama. He did, they were supposed to come see us, and then their son tested. I don't know if he tested positive, but he was put in quarantine at school, so they didn't really get to come visit. They had to come take their son for a COVID test, so, um, but they will be back to visit us, so pray for them. So today we're wrapping up our teaching series on how to handle life's problems. Pull out your message notes. They're kind of teal-colored today and grab a pen so you can jot down things as we go along. For these past uh, six weeks, our goal has been to learn God's biblical solutions to life's problems. And during this series, we haven't been teaching the secrets to a problem-free life because that's impossible. We all have problems. But rather, we've been learning to become stronger and to become more courageous. We've been learning about how to become equipped to be able to handle whatever problems life brings our way. We have a key verse that we've been looking at for the last several weeks. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So each week during this series, we've looked at biblical keys that if you would apply these keys to your life, they will help you handle life's problems. So look at your notes there on the front of your notes. You will see all the biblical keys that we've learned so far. The first week sermon was about what not to do. 
uh, when you have problems. But then the second week, the first key we learned was to see my problems from God's perspective, have God's view. And then we looked at choosing to rest in God's peace during my problems. We just sang about that, and it is so sweet to trust in Jesus, to rest upon his promises. Then we looked at how to hold on to God's promises during my problems. And we're actually going to revisit that one just a little bit this morning. Then we looked at talking to God about my problems first. Making God the first go-to, not somebody else, not another resource. And the good thing about now that we're online, if you missed any of these or you forget, just go to the YouTube channel for Pickens View and you can rewatch them. And last week we looked at how to embrace, uh, embrace how God uses my problems for his purposes. So the final key that we're going to learn today is going to help us to persevere through your problems, and not give up when life gets hard. So when we're in this middle of this race called life, and the problems seem like they're coming constantly, what keeps us from giving up? What gets us back up on our feet when we feel like quitting and we've been knocked down? How do we persevere? One of the best 10,000-meter runners in the world is a guy by the name of Mo Farah. And I can never flip an R, and you can, um, uh, I never could do it in school, in diction class, so that's what it is. He's from Great Britain. By the way, 10,000 meters is just over six miles. In the 2016 Rio Summer Olympic Games, in the semifinal race for the gold medal, Mo Farah was favored to win it. But halfway through the race, when he was just about to make his move, he began, and somebody from behind him stepped on his foot and trips him, and he wipes out, and he falls hard. Now, most of us would quit. Most people would look for an excuse, but he didn't. He hit the ground hard, but he didn't quit. He got up, and he persevered. He not only finished the race, but somehow he passed everyone to win the race, and then he went on the next day to win the gold medal. This guy actually had won the 5,000 meter and the 10,000 meter several years in a row. We're going to watch a quick clip of that right now. So Mo's story is inspiring because in some ways, it's a lot like life. Maybe right now there's a problem in your life that's knocked you down. 
and maybe you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up. And if you are knocked down today because of a problem, I just want to remind you that with God's help, we are never out of the race. He'll give you the perseverance to get up and to finish the race and to stand strong even when things are going wrong. So the biblical key there on the front of your notes this morning for this week is this, to remain faithful to God through my problems. Remain faithful to God through my problems. God is always faithful to us. He promised. strength and power when you've been knocked down it not only requires God's faithfulness to you but it requires your faithfulness to him it's a two-sided coin James 1 verses 2 through 3 here's another one of those be happy when you go through problem verses consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds. I hope you've learned by now. It doesn't mean throw a party because you've got problems. It means when you go through your problems, you can have joy because God is by your side. He will help you through. So have pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith does what? Produces perseverance. This verse is a reminder that with God's help, problems produce great endurance in your life. They'll help you grow, and they'll help you to be able to persevere. When we face a problem, it helps us to grow stronger. It's like spiritual muscles. Every time you face a problem and you learn to trust God, he's building your spiritual strength, and he gives you courage so that the next time, when the next problem comes, you're stronger. You're more willing to trust him. When problems come into your life and you get knocked down, it's hard. It's only the end if if you'll remain faithful to God and you'll trust him and not give up, he will help you get back up and get you headed in the right direction. So open your notes today. We're going to look at some important principles that will help you remain faithful to God and to persevere and not give up. Here's the first step, the first blank there. Remember God's faithfulness to me. Remember God's faithfulness to me. To remain faithful to God and to be able to persevere through whatever problem you're facing, it's imperative that you remember God's faithfulness to you in the past. Our problem is whenever we face a problem, we have a really short memory span. We can't help it. When we face a problem that scares us or it makes us want to quit, all we can see is the problem right in front of us. We forget all about our past experiences. We focus on the problem and we forget about what God can do. That's what happened to the Israelites in the Old Testament after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, God takes them out of Egypt to take them to the promised land. And during that process, he did some incredible miracles. He divided the Red Sea so that they could walk through. He provided water when there was no water. He provided food for them where where there was no food. He took them all the way 
to the Jordan River where the promised land was just on the other side. All of the blessings that God wanted to give them was just on the other side of the river. And in the midst of all that God was doing, they looked across the river and they saw a problem. There was an enemy occupying the land. God had just parted the Red Sea for them to walk across Wouldn't you love to have been there that day? No mud, dry sand, all the way across. And not only did they get to the other side, and the army's right behind him, and God just closed it up and killed the whole Egyptian army. In all of that, they turned right around, and then they forget. A huge miracle, and then they forget and don't remember God. They wanted to give up, standing on the other side of the river. But look at what Moses tells the Israelites In Deuteronomy 7.18, he says, But do not be afraid of them. Remember. Remember. Circle that word. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. God had always been faithful to the Israelites. And he would always be faithful to them in the future, and listen, it's the same for you and me. Think back over your life to a time where you were unsure, when you were facing a really giant problem, and you had no idea how you were going to get through it, and you may even have wanted to quit. At that time, it felt like a crushing problem, but God was faithful, and you're here. He brought you through it. God has always been there for you. He's always been there for me. Now, what that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that he's always going to remove your problems. doesn't mean he's going to take you around the problem. Most of the time, he takes us right through the problem. It also doesn't mean that your life is going to work out the way you thought it should or the way you planned it. But what it does mean is that through it all, God will be faithful to you like he was in your past. He will never leave you. I want to want you to think this morning because sometimes our biggest problems can become God's greatest opportunities. The thing that you might dread the most will be the thing that God will use in your life to get you on a new path. He has done that in my life. I didn't like it at the time. I didn't think he knew what he was doing, but he needed me to change courses. He might use that biggest problem in your life to guide you in a new direction or maybe just to help you grow or to make you stronger. As I think back over my life, there have been many painful seasons where I had to persevere through some really tough problems. There are many times I didn't understand what was going on at the time, but I can tell you this, in every one of those, God was faithful And he brought me through. I couldn't see what he was doing at the time. I couldn't see that he was working behind the scenes. Yet, listen, according to Scripture, he was working all things together for my good. That's what he does. He works all things together for your good. I have to remember how he has been faithful in my past. When I do that, when you do that, you won't have to be afraid when the next problem comes. Because you can look back and see God's track record 
and know that his hand has been on every part of your life. Here's the point. You can trust that God will see you through because you can see God's track record from the past. And God's track record of faithfulness is 100%. When something you think you want doesn't work out, trust he's got something better for you. Don't give up. God is working behind the scenes for your good. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. No matter what you're facing right now, no matter how big the problem seems, you can know that God will be faithful. His plan is always for your best. The key is to remember God's faithfulness. The next step to remain faithful to God during my problems is this, the second blank there, refocus on my spiritual growth. Refocus on my spiritual growth. One of the biggest mistakes that we could make when we're dealing with a problem is to give up on the very things that we need to get us through the problems. When we face a problem, we tend to lose focus on our spiritual habits that can actually be the things that help us. When people are facing problems, I don't know why, but they choose to stop coming to church. They stop being in their discipleship group or Sunday school class or Bible study group. They stop serving. They stop volunteering. They think, I got to take a step back. When we do that, we're doing just the exact opposite of what we need to be doing to be able to grow and persevere. If we remove the things that are going to give us support and give us Uh, help us to grow and to give us strength, and help us to get through our problems. If we take those things away, what do we have? If we allow our problem to edge God out of our life, you with me? How's God supposed to help me get through my problem? If I do that, if I edge him out, if I quit those spiritual habits, I stop growing spiritually, I We'll lose focus, and so will you, and we won't trust God the way we should. But God gives us a promise in James 4, 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. I don't care where you've been, how much you've wandered, what a slacker you've been. The scripture says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. It's a promise. Now, we learned last week that God wants us to grow through our problems and to give us strength and courage. We talked about uh, embracing God's purpose through my problems. Another one of those purposes is that God wants to use your problems to make you more like Jesus. But here's the thing about becoming like Jesus. It doesn't happen automatically. Our part in the process is to stay engaged with God through spiritual habits. Every day, every week, put ourselves in the place where God can speak and work in our lives. If a problem is causing us to lose focus on our spiritual growth, then we need to refocus 
on doing the right things. The things that will help us get through our problems. Like coming to church every week. Getting into some kind of group. Having a quiet time, a devotional time. Reading your Bible. Praying every day. Serving, volunteering, and giving. Trusting God with your finances. Giving is not about just supporting the church. It's about trusting God with what you hold in your hand. When we face a problem in our life, we need to lean into God, not step away from him. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. How are you doing on your spiritual habits this morning? How are they going? Are you consistently attending church? Are you serving or volunteering or, oh, well, you know, it's kind of busy and my life's too much and I have to step back? Are you being a part of a group? Some of you are in a group, you make great excuses. Yada, 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 I can't be there because. Are you giving and trusting God financially? Are you spending time with God in his word and in prayer? If you've been uh, slipping in this process with your spiritual habits, here's the thing. Just refuse at this point. Draw a line in the sand and refuse to let those things slide anymore. Going forward, why not refocus on the spiritual habits and recommit them to God? Get back on track with God. Refocus those daily and weekly spiritual habits because those things are going to help you to persevere and remain faithful to God through your problems. You cannot do this on your own. So to remain faithful to God through my problems, I remember God's faithfulness. I refocus on my spiritual growth. And the third step is to repeat God's promises for me. This is a pretty practical sermon this morning. Repeat God's promises for me. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked, cannot not keep his promise. One of the benefits of trusting God and repeating his promises is found in Psalm 119.50. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Notice the words that are used. Comfort and preserves. God's promises give us comfort when we're facing problems, when we're down, when we're depressed, just open up the Psalms if you're having a hard day. Not the ones that are like, kill my enemy. Go to another one that's like, God is my refuge and strength and he's always helping me and God's good and God loves us, right? He gives us comfort. God's promises preserve our life. As I shared a few weeks ago, it's like being out in the ocean and someone throwing you a life preserver. Preserves our life. He keeps us, his promises keep us afloat. He keeps us alive. He keeps us fighting. Listen, we must hold on to the promises of God because his word is the truth. I don't care what's going on in our world. I don't care how wackanoodle it is in Washington. My God's word is true and Jesus reigns forever. Here's how it works. There's really only three simple steps to the process. Find a promise, memorize it, repeat it. 
Find a promise, memorize it, repeat it. So first of all, when you're facing a problem, you've got to find a verse or a promise that speaks to that problem. So if you can't find one, just call the church. We've got six pastors on staff. We can find you a promise, I promise, right? All right. So you've got to find a promise, and then you've got to memorize it, or I was a little slack because I'm getting old, so I was a little more uh, gentle on this. So it's hard to memorize when you get older, right? I do pretty good on the verse, but I can never remember the address. Like, that's found where, right? So 1 Corinthians something. But you've got to memorize it if you can. If you can't, write it on a card. But here's the deal. You can write it on a card, but you need to keep it in your pocket or somewhere close. You can't leave it in the car. You can't leave it on the counter in the bathroom. You need it close. Put it on your phone. Put it in your notes. Put it in a card that you keep in your pocket or in your pocket in your shirt. Because here's the thing. If it's memorized, the Holy Spirit can pull it up in a heartbeat. Bam. I'm struggling. Holy Spirit, bam. Here's the verse we're learning. It's there. And immediately, it becomes that sword to fight your battle. The Holy Spirit can use it when it's in our mind, but if you're struggling, just have it in your pocket. He can tell you to reach in your pocket just the same. Point number three, find a verse, memorize it, and anytime you start struggling, stop and repeat the promise. It is that simple. Then you repeat it over and over and over again. Every time you're struggling, repeat it over and over again. And in doing that, you will be reminded of God's faithfulness, of his strength, of his help. And there's something about God's word and what it does to our soul. You can trust it. During this series, we've learned that problems are unavoidable and everybody has them. We're going to have seasons of high in our life. We're going to have seasons that are low in our life. That's just reality. But it's in those seasons when we're low, when we feel dry, when we feel like God's a million miles away, that we need to repeat the promises of God. It's how we're going to remain faithful. Even though we may not feel God's presence at the time, his promises will remind you of what is true. Your mind is a wild place. It lies to you. It deceives you. You hear so much junk. You need the word of God to straighten it out and keep telling you what is true. And you also need to be reminded that God is always with you. So let God's promises remind you that God is bigger than your problems. Always. Let his promises give you strength to endure and persevere Ask yourself this morning, right now, what promises do I need to be reminded of right now? What's the problem in my life? And what promise do I need to go home and write down or start memorizing do I need to be reminded of? Maybe right now you're facing a situation that's overwhelming to you. It seems too big. It seems impossible. I want to suggest to you that that may be the truth. It very well is too big and too much and it is impossible for you to handle. Matthew 19:26 Jesus said, "With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible." If your situation seems impossible, then you need this promise right there. 
when we're in the middle of our problems, if we look at things from a human perspective, we're going to see them as impossible. But Jesus said, when you lean on the promises that God has for us, and when we begin to see things from God's perspective, we allow those promises to change our thinking, we'll be reminded that all things are possible with God. There is a promise for every problem. Find a promise that applies to your situation, hold on to it, repeat it, and let God use it to help you persevere and get through your problems. Here's the final step. I renew my commitment to Jesus Christ. Renew my commitment to Jesus Christ. This is the final point of this entire sermon series, and this is why. It's important. Renew my commitment to Jesus Christ. We need to renew our commitment to Jesus because ultimately, our ability to persevere through life's problems and not give up hinges on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? It hinges on your relationship with Jesus Christ. It isn't how dedicated you are. It isn't how good you are. It's not how smart you are. It's how well you're connected to Jesus Christ. Vine in the branches. You got to be connected. Now, following Jesus isn't just about making a one-time commitment. Accepting Jesus as our Savior is a one-time commitment, right? There's, I always get tickled when we're talking about going to camp, and someone say, I can't wait to go to camp. I've got to get saved again. No. <laughs> That's a one-time deal. When we come to Jesus and we accept his sacrifice for us, he forgives our sin. But now the commitment to follow Jesus and to make him the leader and the Lord of your life, that commitment to trust him, even through the most difficult parts of your life, that's a commitment that you've got to renew daily. Take up your cross daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes every minute. One of the most comforting verses in the Bible, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of you feel that way right now. You're weary, you're tired, you've been dealing with a problem, and it's been knocking you down. I'll be honest with you this morning. I've lived it. I told Pastor Sherry this week, I said, oh, I hate it when I preach a sermon that I've got to live before I preach it. Oh. When I, it was, a, it was well over a year, it's been almost two years ago, God really started dealing with me with worry. And in my mind, I felt like God, when he moved us down here, was asking me to step up from being a 29-year uh, assistant pastor and become a senior pastor. And I was afraid. I'm going to tell you, it's been stressful. Coronavirus is stressful. I worry about you. It's stressful. Just, I knew when I did this, it was going to be a bit harder. The guy who preaches twice a year now has to preach almost every week. That's a lot of work. I found myself getting weary this week. 
I had to listen to what I'm saying to you this morning. I am weary, but I'm God's kid, and I'm following his will. And I knew this would be a little tough until I'm like Pastor Mark and someone else, and I've done this for 44 years, right? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Circle that word, rest. Some of you need to hear Jesus' words right now because you're carrying a heavy burden, and it's too big for you to carry alone. I cannot lead this church alone. That's why he gives us a board. That's why he gives us a whole staff of pastors and people that are volunteer and minister. And that's why God gives me the Holy Spirit to help me. I'm not supposed to do this by myself. Bring your problem to Jesus this morning and renew your commitment to trust him. Have you ever noticed that after you trust God with something you've been carrying around, a burden, and you finally have rest, you finally have peace about the issue, and you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and somehow, mysteriously, that thing has creeped back in and crawled back on your shoulders. How does that happen? I gave it to God just before I went to bed, and the first thing I woke up this morning, I'm struggling. Listen, that's going to happen. It's hard for us to let go and not worry. That's why I preach this summer. Are you keeping your worry wagon empty? Right? It's not easy to leave things from tomorrow in the future. We like to worry about it. But listen, we, sometimes we like to take things back into our own hands and worry and fret over them. But the solution is for you to renew your commitment again and give the problem to him again and again and again. God is good with that. He's not going to say, oh, man, this loser just can't get it together. He gives and he takes. He gives and he takes. He gives and just give it to me. No. God's good with that. You know why? Because he knows that's how we're learning to trust him step by step. Because we're following Jesus. He loves us so much. To persevere through your problems, to finish this race without giving up, you need to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ to follow him. Continue to be faithful to renew that commitment to him every day, every morning when you wake up, every time a problem knocks you down, every time you feel the stress, every time that worry and the fear starts creeping in, renew your commitment to him and give him the problem. Mo Farah won the gold medal in the 10,000 meter race after getting knocked down. What drove him to get off the ground? What drove him to push so hard to win that race? Ultimately, what drove him was a gold medal, and he has lots of them. Ultimately, what drove him was the prize at the end of the race. These last six weeks, we've been focusing on God's solutions to our earthly problems, but our ultimate hope that allows us to triumph over life's problems and gives us strength and courage to get up when we've been knocked down, that gives us determination to never quit, is the prize that awaits us at the end of the race. Revelations 21, 3, 4 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has, has passed away. In heaven, we're going to be in God's presence all the time. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. We will be with God forever. And it says he will wipe away every tear. Hope he's got a lot of Kleenex. Every problem that we've had to face in this life is going to seem so small compared to the joy of eternity in heaven that God has waiting for each of us. That's our ultimate prize. But I want to suggest to you this morning, there's another prize worthy of running the race. I couldn't help when we were, I was reading this story about Mo to think about one of the verses I memorized a long time ago, 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run to get the prize? But only one gets the prize. One gets the gold medal. Run in such a way is to get the prize. Now, I know this verse is telling us that we should never give up. And when you're knocked down, trust God and keep running the race. Remain faithful to God through your problems. I know that. But I've always had a mental hang-up with this verse. That happens. I've got some goofy ones, but it seems like every week I preach, God irons them out for me. So here's another one. One of the shows that we like to watch at our house is America's Got Talent. Everybody is competing for one prize. Don't you feel bad if you watch that show? It gets down to the 10, and you know they're all good, right? Now, in the beginning, uh, the guy comes out with a rubber chicken and a ukulele. They're bad, right? But in the end, they're all good. You're like, they all deserve that prize. Yet, only one gets the prize. And I thought, Lord, what kind of motivation is that? I know we're probably all going to go to heaven and I'll get a prize. Woo! But the more I thought about it, you know, we're not competing against each other. It's not who's the best preacher, who's the best teacher, who's the best anything. It's not about who's best, but who is faithful. I feel like that phrase that says run in such a way as to get the prize. The prize is when I know that I'm following God and what happens in my heart. It's a prize when I know that I, I'm following his heart for my life and for this church. It's what I feel when I know that he is helping me to grow and I'm trusting him. It's knowing that I'm allowing him to use me wherever and however he has planned for me. It's to find the purpose that God has created for me to be. He created me like a weirdo and I can't help it, but somehow he's got a plan for me in a specific place and he drug me back down to Pickens, South Carolina. I want to fulfill the plans that God has for my life. The prize is the complete joy of knowing that I am faithfully following Jesus every day with all my heart to the day I see him face to face. I'm going to come out of my skin, literally. have a new body. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus today, I want to invite you to renew 
your commitment to him. To trust him. No matter what the problem is you're facing, don't give up. Finish strong and remain faithful to God. And if you're sitting here this morning or you're watching this and you've never received Jesus into your life, you've never accepted salvation, you've never asked him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, I want to give you that opportunity because you may have been hearing all of these. got lots of those. But if everything hinges on that relationship with Jesus, I don't have that. I'll never forget the day someone let me have the opportunity to meet Jesus. I was ready. My heart was pounding out of my chest. If that's you, I want to invite you to do that today. Don't wait. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we need you, and I pray that you will help us understand that we were never meant to go through problems in this life on our own. You want to help us. God, I want to pray right now that if there is someone here, someone listening, who has never accepted Jesus into their life, and they, they don't know what it is to know your hope and your peace and your power and your love, please help them to want to take that first step, that one-time commitment of allowing you to come into their lives and forgive them of sin and to become their Savior. If that's you this morning, you can simply pray a prayer in your heart similar to this. All you have to say is, Dear Jesus, thank you that you came to earth and that you died for my sin. Thank you for loving me enough to die for my sin. I know that you were buried and you rose again in three days. Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life personally. Make me new. Become a forever friend. Teach me what this means to walk with you every day and to know that you change me and I can live for you. Thank you for loving me in Jesus' name. And God, for those this morning who are following you but they have problems in their life, that they've been knocked down again and again and they're feeling worry and stress and fear. They're weary and they need your rest. I pray that you will help them right now to commit to you, to trust in you, and help them to get their eyes on you and off their problems. Help each of us to give whatever that problem is that we're dealing with. Remind us each day, each moment to keep trusting you and recommitting those problems to you. Strengthen us through your promise and through the spirit that lives within us. Father, thank you that you love us and that you never leave us and you will help us remain faithful through our problems. Go with us today, we pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Ushers, if you'll come, you'll wait to be dismissed. Go with God today.